as we talked about a few weeks ago, how many of you are familiar with the Women's Achievement Award? How many? Yeah, some of us. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The winner of the 2022 Women's Achievement Award is currently in the room right now. And exactly, not only that, but she's a part of this community. And not only that, she is also a co-founder of APIC Spokane. Give it up for that. Yeah. Unbelievable. And tonight, we have been really looking forward to this. Justice Night with Sarah Dixit. If you're wondering, Sarah is here tonight. But here's the goal of this night. I wanted to take a break from you just hearing from me and what I think and what I do in the world and what I'm passionate about. And instead, I wanted to give you all as youth an opportunity to hear from somebody who is living in our community, who works in our community, who is a person of faith and is also trying to put that faith into practice. So tonight, we have the honor of hearing from Sarah a little bit about her story, what she does in the world. Super excited about it. But at the end of Sarah's sharing, we are going to have a time of question and response. So two ways you can submit anonymous questions. If you have a phone, you can click this QR code, take you to a spot where you can type in a question. That will come anonymously to my phone, so you can say anything that you want. Or if that QR code doesn't work, because I forgot to double check, you can also click this link. That will also take you to a place where you can ask an anonymous question. So at any point throughout the night, if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have something that you would like Sarah to talk more about, just go to one of those links. You can type it in. It will anonymously come to my phone. And then Sarah will respond to it later. Sound good? Without further ado, Newcom Youth, can we give it up for Sarah Dixon? Woo! Oh, thanks. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be whoop, talking today. These slides were beautifully prepared by Joseph. Yay. Okay. Awesome. So, the topic for tonight, how do I read? <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, justice and advocacy. <clears throat> How Jesus was more about social justice than the status quo. Oh. So, what we're going to be talking about is a little roadmap so you know what to expect. So, who I am. So, some of you might know me, some of you might not know me. So, that's what that is for. What I do in the community, how did I get here, and how is all of this living out my faith? So here we go. Who am I? This is baby Sarah. This is what I used to look like when I was a baby. Um, yeah, so I am from Southern California, from Pasadena, if you know the place. Um, grew up there my whole life. I'm the baby in the family, the baby of three but by a lot. My brother is 14 years older than me. My sister is 10 years older than me. So I was always just like running around by myself. Um, and yeah, my parents immigrated from India 
So living in the U.S. was a different experience for them and for me to juggle both cultures at the same time. But here I am, did it, figured it out. And then, so some of you might not have remembered when people used to just go to Mac stores just to use the photo booth app. <laughs> um, those are, that's me and my two siblings. So many embarrassing photos on Facebook that I have to private now. I was showing them to Adam the other day and we were like, which is the least bad one to use? <laughs> so that's what we chose. Um, that's the Pasadena City Hall, also a city hall used in pop culture. Who can tell me which one it is? If you've seen the show. Laguna Beach. No. It's a show that uses a city hall. Yes! Wow! A plus. Unexpected. Yes, Parks and Rec. They use my hometown's city hall. Yeah, so it's actually Pasadena, California. Um, and I graduated from Whitworth University. I came to Spokane in 2014, graduated with a major in sociology. Yep, loved it. Definitely did not come in as a sociology major, though. Tried to do the good Indian thing and do be a doctor, and uh, I hated it. Uh, I would fall asleep in all my classes, which is not my vibe. Yeah, honestly, it's really boring. Unless that's what you want to do, good for you. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I got bored. I got bored. So yeah, I pivoted. My parents were like, what are you going to do with a sociology major? But look at me now. Yeah? Adult, adult person figuring out life, which pivots to what do I do? Awesome. So I work for an organization called Planned Parenthood. What do you know? Yes. That's OK. You're chewing. Chapter here in Spokane. Abortion, yes. <clears throat> yeah, so it's a place for pregnant people to go, terminating pregnancies. What else? Yes. Great answer, yes. That is also stuff we are known for. Other things. It can be anything that you associate with it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, some of us are great. <laughs> Just kidding. We're all great. Um, awesome. Well, how would you define social justice or advocacy? Who, how would you define these words? They're big words. They're used a lot, though. Yeah, both of you. You first. You haven't said anything. Yeah, so speaking up for other people. Do you have yeah, so more acceptance of people who are different, maybe not of the majority. Other things we associate with these terms. Do you feel like that encompasses it? Yeah, great. All great responses. Yeah, so <clears throat> a lot of what I do can be have a lot of connotations attached to it based on stereotypes in society and how people have, you know, talked about these issues. So I will show some pictures that show what caring for my community looks like in the part that is my job. So caring for my community looks like so this, whoa, whoa, that was so loud. Um, this is a photo of me and some team members at the Greyhound station downtown. Has anyone used the Greyhound station before? Do you know where it is? 
Just Joseph. <laughs> That's okay. It's great. So it's downtown. It's where like the big Amtrak comes through. Also where Greyhound buses can take you to the west side for cheap. Um, and it's great. It's a great place for transportation. But what was happening was Border Patrol agents were boarding buses and asking people for documentation without having a warrant for those people. So a lot of people were feeling fearful to use Greyhound buses to travel. Um, so we had a protest there. And eventually, the attorney general's office stepped in and told them they are not allowed to do that. But that is a part of my job that I'm very proud of, but also not something people would necessarily think of when they think of, oh, she works for Planned Parenthood. So a big part of it is also immigration advocacy because there's a lot of things that can impact someone's life that aren't just tied into reproductive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the biggest reason, I think, is what you were describing earlier. So for part of what we do is termination services. So because of that, and because people have a lot of strong opinions about whether that's okay or not, there's a lot of people who will protest up front. Um, so it's more about like humanizing the people that we interact with and making sure people know all the many reasons why people might need that service. And even if it's not something that you would necessarily decide, just knowing that other people might decide that and it, they shouldn't die because of it, you know? But yeah, there's a lot of opinions and that tends to be why we get a lot of folks out front. Good question. Okay, another picture of what my job looks like. Who knows what this is a picture of? It's a little grainy, but yeah. How are you so good at this? Governor Inslee, but yes, it is Jay Inslee. <coughs> yeah, great good job. I would be like, if I was your age, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good that it's teaching you stuff. Yeah, so this is a bill signing in Olympia, which is our state's capital. That is Governor Jay Inslee standing, or sitting there signing a little piece of paper. Do you see the resemblance? <laughs> Very grainy. It's my coworker next to me. Um, so she and I went over to the west side to do that. Um, I still have the pen he did the signing from. Um, but yeah, so some of my job looks like going to Olympia and advocating for certain pieces of legislation and policies to be passed or not passed. Um, so yeah, so doing like, how do we protect access and how do we protect people using the system of passing laws is a big thing. So. That's another version of what my job looks like pre-COVID times when we could all go over there and hang out together. Okay, like Joseph said, another part of my job is APIC. So that's being the team. So APIC is a organization in town that does advocacy for the Asian community here in Spokane. Um, so I'm the co-director alongside Ryan, who is in the blue mask. So another part of what people think about living in Spokane is that the racial diversity isn't the biggest here. Um, so a lot of people who are people of color will like come and then move away, which sucks. So part of what we do for APIC is making sure people know that there are folks who look like them here doing advocacy work um, and making sure that there are folks fighting for them and the issues that impact our community. 
Um, so doing things like language translations is a big thing. We've been doing a lot of COVID vaccine clinics and doing storytelling projects so people know how diverse our community is, even if we all have a label of Asian. <clears throat> and then also doing mobile clinics in areas in Washington state that don't have health centers is a big thing of what we do. So we go to like rural places in Washington to do that. We pitch up this big tent. It's really hot and sweaty and dusty in there, but it's fun. It's a fun time to make sure people are getting access because there's a lot of places that people don't, can't just like go down to CVS and be like, I need painkillers or whatever. Um, but yeah, so those are just image, images of what my job actually looks like. So how did I get here? Growing up, I was very, very different with very, very different values. And so little baby Sarah with her Pikachu backpack. Isn't it great? I know. Um, to who I am now is very, very different. And I, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why. Sorry, I have some notes about this one because I was trying to remember what I wanted to say. Yeah, so growing up, like I said earlier, grew up in a family where we have very, very different values in India versus the ones that are here that are more Western. Um, and also my parents were pretty conservative Christian. So just balancing all of that, trying to figure out what my voice was in all of this. Um, so trying to figure out how to use my voice in a way that felt authentic to me and felt natural to me. Um, and so becoming this now outspoken woman is very different than how baby Sarah was. Um, so I grew up going to Christian school my whole life. Um, used to wear like little school uniform and all that stuff. Um, and would just be a really good student in that way. I didn't necessarily like rock the boat a lot of the times, which is definitely different than who I am now. Um, and so there were a lot of moments in my life, I think, where I started to question and have doubts about things, but I didn't necessarily feel like that was okay to do. I didn't necessarily have an avenue or somewhere where I could voice those things and have conversations about those things. It was mostly just like, this is what we believe, that's it. Um, so then that didn't really feel super authentic to who I was as a person. Even when I came to school, like I remember being in fifth grade and just asking a lot of questions about, I don't know, whatever subject we were learning about. And the teacher was like, Sarah, you asked too many questions. And I was like, oh, is that bad to ask questions? So then I started to like second guess whether it was okay to be inquisitive and curious and things like that. So if I wanted to impart anything to baby Sarah, it would be that having questions and doubts is okay. And it's showing that you're actually engaging with what you're learning about and what you're being exposed to instead of just being like, yeah, I've told that this is the way things should be. Like, I'm just going to believe it. Um, and where that started to happen was like, there's a lot of deaths in my family and I didn't know how to understand how like if all my family members were really, you know, good Christians, quote unquote, like why would bad things happen? And like reconciling the way Old Testament theology interacts with New Testament theology and like all that stuff. And I just had all this stuff that I didn't know how to understand. Um, but I kind of was just like, whatever. I guess you're just like, you move on and you just figure out what's fine for you. And then in college, I worked at... 
Union Gospel Mission summer camp. Um, and the summer before I started working there, um, one of my really, really good friends came out to me. And I remember just like listening to him talk about how he was feeling and about how um, he had grown up in the church and he didn't understand, right? He was like, like I did all the things I was supposed to do, right? Being a good Christian, like how, like what do I do now type of thing. Um, so when I started working at UGM, this conversation came up and there's a lot of people like having this conversation, I was just like listening in from afar. And they were just sharing a lot of things that I didn't vibe with. They were sharing a lot of things that I thought were really mean and hateful um, about people who are part of the LGBTQ community. And I had never really thought about it very deeply before. But knowing that my friend had had this experience and knowing that I knew, like, he was a good person, all that kind of stuff, I couldn't really reconcile it. So I almost quit working at the camp because I was like, I don't feel like this is authentic for me to hear all this stuff for my fellow staff members and me know I don't believe the same thing. Um, but I was actually given pretty good advice by the director of the camp. And he was like, you know what, Sarah, like your faith doesn't have to look like anyone else's. Like, it's okay if you are struggling with this and other people don't agree or whatever. So I just used that summer to really dive in and figure out where are the things of my faith that I know I truly believe in and where are the things that I feel are less important to me and just started to have those thoughts and journal and all that kind of stuff. And I landed somewhere where I was like, okay, yeah, like I know that I want my faith to be something that is loving. Um, and it's okay that that doesn't look like some of these other people who might be in school, learning to be like pastors and stuff like that. So I think that was the first time that I really was ever told that my faith didn't have to look like those around me. Um, so I think that was helpful in then shaping who I became and who I want to be to this day. Um, so how is my job living out my faith? So, um, you know, there's a lot of times in the Bible that you hear faith without works is dead type of thing, right? And while, like, there's some nuance to that, I do believe that I think based on who you are and what you believe in, like, that really should shape how you're behaving, right? You don't want to have to compartmentalize what you believe with what you're doing, what you're passionate about. You hopefully want all of those things to be together and you can feel like, oh, this all makes sense in terms of what I believe and how I'm living that out every day. Um, so I'm sure you've all heard the phrase like, love your neighbor as yourself, like a million and one times. But I don't know how often we're told what that actually looks like in a day-to-day -day thing. Like, what does actually loving your neighbor look like? Is it just saying like, oh yeah, I love you? Or is it fighting alongside them, making sure they have the rights that they need to live their lives, regardless of what you might have been taught as being okay, things like that. Um, so I found myself really believing the latter of just wanting to be the type of person who 
didn't just stop at saying, yes, I love you type of thing, but wanted to make sure I was spending my time and my energy making sure that person could feel that love. Um, so that's how I started to approach like what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and the Bible verse that stuck out in terms of if I were to give my faith a mission statement, it would be this one. So Micah 6, 8 says, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Um, and I think combining justice, humility, and kindness is very, very important to me. And I think if my partner and I talk about this a lot, but if Jesus actually meant what he said when he said to love people and to love God, I think this is what that looks like. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of times in scripture where things can feel really confusing and just really big. So it felt nice for me to boil things down to a point where it's like, if I can take anything away and if I could make key tenants be important to me, I want it to be that. Um, so that's why I do what I do. And that's why I like living in this community here in Spokane and at New Community, because I think it allows me to do all these things and not necessarily feel like I'm super rebellious or anything. Um, but it feels authentic to me to have this be why I do the work that I do. Okay, we got 13 minutes. These are phenomenal questions. So um, you can frame them how you want to. You don't have to read them out loud if you don't want to. Okay. Summarize. You can decide which ones you want to do. If you want to skip one, totally up to you. Newcom Youth, be you. So be you. Let her rip. Let her rip. Okay. All right. First question is asking, why? So yeah, you should be able to recognize your question. No, I will try to answer them all based on the time. Okay. So why did I decide to help the Asian community in Spokane and not in comparison to all the other communities that exist here in the, in the community? Um, so I decided to help the Asian community as the co-director for APIC because I am Asian. Um, so doing advocacy work within the community made sense to me because it is how I identify. But that is not an isolated thing. So in Spokane, we have something known as the Spokane Coalition of Color, a lot of forums in which we partner with other organizations that are also identity-based. So whether that is Spectrum, which is LGBTQ focused, whether that is NAACP, which is focused on the black community, um, Raiz, which is focused on the Latinx community. We all do stuff basically together. So even though primarily through my role as co-director, I focus on the Asian community, we also do everything together all the time. So everything, and also everything affects everyone, literally everyone, everything. So it's never totally isolated because like COVID, right? It impacted everybody different ways based on different things in your identity, but all of us experience the effects of it. So kind of like that. So that's in response to that question. Second question. Could you tell us a little bit more about Planned Parenthood? I can. Okay. Rundown. Our mission is 
fearless advocacy, honest education, and quality healthcare. Those are the three things that we do. I do two of those things. I do education and I do fearless advocacy. So like I said, things when it comes to laws is what I do. I teach sex ed in the community. Um, so I teach at the community school on Monroe. Um, cool. So yeah, who's your sister? Yeah. So then I just would have taught her. But if she was quiet, I probably would have known her. Okay. Yeah. So I, been, so I teach sex ed, um, which is really fun. It's a fun time. Get a lot of fun questions, but a lot of learning happening, and I love it. Um, yeah, so if you ever have questions, let me know. I'm here. Um, and we do, so in terms of services, we do stuff like contraception. We do STI testing and treatment. We do sports physicals even. We help people with gender-affirming care, so if they want to start hormones or stuff like that, we do that. We do behavioral health, so things like therapy. We do some primary care. We do a lot of different stuff. Very cool. If you ever have questions about Planned Parenthood, you see me maybe once a week here. So you can always ask me questions. Do the people you work for make you passionate about your job? Yes, they very much do. Um, my team is a public affairs team, and I love them dearly. Um, that's an important thing as you go out into the world, start working, do all that stuff, making sure that you vibe with the people you work with is fun, but also having workplace boundaries is important too. So making sure you feel comfortable enough to be like, you know what, I'm tired, I don't wanna go to happy hour or whatever, feeling comfortable that that doesn't jeopardize your work is important, but also making sure you feel like you can be your authentic self at where you work is important too. So I feel like I can do all of those things where I work, definitely better now than I used to be, Adam can attest to that, but yes. Learning all that stuff is hard as an adult, but you'll figure it out. Dun, 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 dun. Do I think that people know everything about I what I do? Dun, dun, dun. Or do I think that could change about what people think about your organization? Yeah, so there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what I do what advocacy looks like, what racial justice looks like, what Planned Parenthood looks like, all that stuff. So it's really about people who know and talking to your friends and talking to your families or whatever and like kind of doing that debunking and myth busting because I can't interact with everybody, right? Um, so having those conversations, just correcting people if you're like, actually, that's not the only thing they do. Or maybe it's like, oh, you could look at their website and see all the other services or let's go together and go get tested or whatever. I don't know, a lot of different things. What were your original thoughts about abortion versus now? Completely different. When I was growing up, I very much was in the mindset that, you know, abortion is murder, this is bad, save the babies, that kind of stuff. Um, but as I got older and had experiences and stuff in terms of like having friends who were, assaulted and different things like that. Like my frame of reference of how people talked about the issue growing up was very black and white. But as I got older and talked to more people who weren't necessarily in the church, I saw that the issue was very, very gray. Um, and that for me, maybe for what I believed in or like what I was taught, it shouldn't necessarily be point blank what other people have to do especially if we live in a nation that 
doesn't require you to be Christian to live here, right? So I was like, people can have the values that they have and teach that to their families and teach that to their kids, all that stuff. But that isn't necessarily the same experience for every single family. Um, so if we're going to live somewhere where we have freedom of religion, all that kind of stuff, it made more sense to me that I couldn't tell someone else what to do with their future and with their body because I wouldn't want them to tell me what to do either. So I think once I started to learn more about the gray and other things that could happen in someone's life that can impact their decision um, and all the different systemic things that work against people based on nothing other than the color of their skin or where they grew up or things like that, I was just like, you know what? I feel like my energy can be spent better trying to do more sex education or passing laws where people have access to health care or making sure people can afford birth control, things like that, that, in a, that also impact the rest of their life that isn't just pre pre prohibiting them from doing something. I have a lot of thoughts about this. You can always grab coffee and talk about it too. Always down because I love coffee. Dun, dun, dun. What are your opinions on Theron slash kid with Lakers jersey? <laughs> I feel like you've been in, I've been your Sunday school teacher before. Yeah. So it's weird to think you are now like an adult person. I consider you all adults also, by the way. I think you all are basically adults. You're all like mini adults. You all have so much more knowledge and access than I had as a kid. Like, you got this. How do I deal? Oh, love this. Wow, I could spend my whole time talking about this. We have four minutes. Um, what does your family think of your job? You know, Adam could also talk about this. It is difficult. I fibbed in the beginning. I did not tell the truth about where I worked for a little bit, and then it was uh, unavoidable. Slash, my brother snitched on me. And uh, I know, I know, snitches get stitches, but not when they're 14 years older than me. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those things where you just learn how to, how to have those conversations or avoid those conversations and how to have boundaries with your family members of just being like, this is what I do. It doesn't change how I love you. We don't need to have this impact our relationship. Because there was a period of time where differences in beliefs did impact my relationship with my family. And that wasn't worth it to me. I still wanted to be able to interact and be siblings and all that fun stuff. So I think it was just a decision where it was like, I can have my beliefs. They can have their beliefs. I'm not going to necessarily try to change their mind on things that I feel like they're immovable on, but I'm not going to hide parts of my identity to make them feel more comfortable. So they ask me how work is. I say, good. That's where the conversation ends. And that's okay. And I will have other conversations when they want to, but it wasn't worth it to me to sacrifice my relationship with my family members to fight them on something. But yes, it was something we've had to navigate, had to navigate it with my in-laws and something all the time, even at church. Someone asked me during the greeting time, they're like, what do you do for work? I look at Adam and I, we do a little debate 
a little telepathic conversation where it's like, do I tell them the truth or do I just say nonprofit and leave it at that? So it's something I deal with every day, but that's okay. I think it's worth it to kind of have to tread water and figure things out because I know deep down that what I do is important, even if sometimes it causes some hard conversations and uncomfortability from people. And sometimes it leads to really good conversations and you change some minds. Like I change Adam's mind about everything. So I don't know. You kind of get there. Some all wins and it's 828. But yes, anytime you have any questions about any of this stuff, we can always talk. I'm not a scary person at all. Even scarier because I have facial piercings. I have tattoos, too. Does that make me extra scary? Wow, Le- Levitical Sometimes wall. I have blue hair. You're right. I deal with. How do I deal with abortion and Christianity and the backlash you get? You know, whenever I walk into work and people have a sign that says, you know, you're going to hell or whatever, I just think to myself, wow, I'm really glad that would not happen at New Path. <laughs> Thus far, that hasn't happened. The worst re... The worst reaction I get is just people saying, oh, interesting, and that's fine. I'm okay with the polite, that's interesting. But it's also something that I know, right? Like, I could have a theological argument with them if I wanted to, but I don't. Because they can have their thing, I can have my thing, they can yell at me. But whatevs. I don't know. They're outnumbered anyway. (laughs)